0: This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Friday, July 8th. Good morning, I'm Jeff Dowling. A national GMO disclosure bill is now one step away from getting to the White House. The Senate's 63 to 30 approval of the bill late last night now sends the legislation to the House next week. Industry groups already have started lobbying House members to approve the legislation as is, even though many originally didn't like the idea of mandatory disclosure. The House GOP leadership is trying to figure out the best way to deal with the legislation. One big question is how many hardline conservative Republicans object to voting for the bill unless they're allowed to offer amendments. Some conservatives also may heed the Heritage Foundation's criticism of the legislation and oppose the bill because it would mandate disclosure of GMOs. House Agriculture Chairman Mike Conaway issued a statement. It says the ranking Democrat of the House Agriculture Committee, Colin Peterson, says the bill should get broad support among House Democrats in excess of the 45 who voted for the House version last summer. Conway said, I think it's the best we can get. Battle of the QR Code. Two senators took the debate over the GMO disclosure to Twitter. Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders wanted to make a point that digital disclosure isn't sufficient for biotech ingredients. So he posted a QR code on Twitter Wednesday night that he said could be used to read his thoughts on the bill. North Carolina Senator Tom Tillis responded Thursday with a tweet that said, only took two seconds to open this on my phone. Thanks for showing how easy it is. Not to be outdone. A Sanders tweet responded that the QR code had been posted more than 24 hours earlier and asked Tillis whether he had trouble downloading the code reader. Tillis shot back, nope, that only took two seconds as well. For those who are curious, the Sanders QR code leads to a press release. Crawford gets leadership pledge for Cuban Ag Trade. A leading congressional proponent for increasing food exports to Cuba says he has a commitment from House leadership to take up a U.S.-Cuba agricultural trade bill. A spokesman for Representative Rick Crawford, a Republican of Arkansas, says he hopes to move the legislation by the end of the year. Crawford proposed an amendment this week to an appropriations bill to lift restrictions on private financing of exports to Cuba. But he withdrew the amendment after getting a strong commitment from House leadership and the South Florida delegation to pursue a long-term solution that will permanently open up agriculture trade to Cuba. Three House committees will have jurisdiction over the bill, agriculture, foreign affairs, and ways and means. Crawford said... This path forward is a major victory for American producers who wish to sell their commodities into the island nation's market, which is estimated to be worth in excess of $1 billion annually. Ben Mosley, Vice President of Government Affairs for USA Rice, says the pledge Crawford obtained leaves his group optimistic that the barriers will be addressed this year. GAO, Agencies Improperly Overlooking Unauthorized Grazing. Ranchers who graze federal lands without authority routinely get by without being cited for violations. That according to congressional investigators. The Government Accountability Office says that the Forest Service and Bureau of Land Management took action in 1,500 cases of unauthorized grazing between 2010 and 2014. But the GAO says that most such incidents go unrecorded because the agencies never cite the producers for a violation. The auditors say the agencies don't have the legal authority to do it, but they routinely resolve incidents without taking action against the producers. GAO's recommendation included a proposal to the Forest Service to raise its fines so that they serve as a better deterrent. Agency field staff told GAO that, for now, there are only a small number of confrontational ranchers who don't recognize federal authority over the land. But that problem, they say, is expected to grow. Are you ready for a break? I mean, it is Friday, after all. And after a long week, you probably wish you could be in the great outdoors, perhaps watching brown bears hunt along Alaskan waterfalls. Not on your budget or your travel schedule? The National Park Service, in partnership with Explore.org, can help you with their bear cam. With just a click of your mouse, you can watch exclusive live footage of bears fishing along Alaska's Brooks River in the Katmai National Park. Over a 100 brown bears annually descend on a mile-long stretch of Brooks River to feast on the largest sockeye salmon run in the world. And the Park Service has them identified, too. All of the bears who are tracked by NPS biologists have a number, and in some cases, even a nickname. There's Otis, who the NPS says uses some of the most efficient fishing techniques in the falls. Unlike many other bears, he is tolerant of other bears around him while he eats. And there's Ted, who was first sighted in 2001, and is easily recognizable because of the distinctive scar on the left hip he received back in 2007, that from another bear named Ugly. Well, according to the NPS, July is the prime time for bear watching, and the animals are most active during daylight hours. And if this daily dose of bears is not enough of an outdoors experience, you can also try live feeds like the Osprey Cam in Maine or the Shark Cam in Cape Fear. Well, that's Daybreak for this Friday, July 8th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by McLeod, Watkinson & Miller, America's most experienced law firm in agricultural and derivatives law, and by the American Association of Crop Insurers. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit agripulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Chap Dowling.